Turn with me into 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. And guys, don't forget, tomorrow's the garage. If you're a guy, uh, you actually have to be a guy to be here. You can't identify as a guy. What did I say? The, it, to be at the garage, you have to be a guy. Anyways, we're having pork steaks. Amen. Uh, there's a lot going on here. You know, God sends um, people in your path. Listen to me for a second so you can get this. Because a lot of times you think that what you're getting today is for right now. It might be for two years, three years, ten years. So you can hang in there when you go through this uh, thing we call life. You know, I was, I was looking at my brother Rich in the second row there, and him and my friend Paul Decker and the Decker family have, have been with me and my wife since we started our journey as Christians. And uh, my first year as a Christian wasn't very easy because that was the year that I lost my daughter. Uh, but Rich and Paul and his wife uh, prayed for us. And Rich, I thank you that God brought you into my life then and, and you're back here today. So praise God for you and your friend praying for me. Hallelujah. So don't think that everything you're learning and is, is always for right now. It's, it could be down the road. Uh, and maybe you're not just here for you. Maybe you're here to encourage the person that's next to you. Amen. Um, I mean, we got this thing called the new covenant. Um, let's dive into it and take a peek. Second Corinthians. I'm going to read these two verses, 16, 17, and um, I'll try to explain to you what's going on. You can turn me down just a little bit. It says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Let's just talk about these two verses and what the apostle Paul's trying to get through to the church in Corinth in chapter three. You know, back in the old Testament times, he kind of talks through that as if you, if you would go through that chapter, he says the people knew that there was something that was going to come, but they didn't know exactly how it was going to come and, and how it would be. And, and the Messiah would actually be Jesus Christ in the flesh. And, and maybe they thought he was going to come in a, with a, with a, with the limousines and the, and the, all the, all the pomp. We thought it was going to be like Hollywood or, or one of the big rock stars, or maybe one of the big athletes with the hundred million dollar contracts and the tennis shoes. That's not the way our king came at all, is it? He came in the form of a baby. And, and, and he lived as a man and, and, and died as a savior. And he's seated at the right hand of the father. And he intercedes for us. And, and they, they kind of knew about that. But when the New Testament came and the New Covenant came, the veil was removed so we can fully understand how we're supposed to live. So there should be no excuse when you, live, when you leave here today on what God wants for my life. 
And true freedom comes when, when, when sin has been extracted out of your life. And before you leave and go, well, I'm a sinner and I'm just saved by grace, this and that. Just remember, when you sin, you sin because you want to, not because you got to. And some of you guys don't even know if that's theologically sound, but if you check on it, you'll figure it out. We sin because we like to sin. I'll move on to sing popular. <laughs> I was waiting for an applause. I'm like, man, they may not applaud on this one. But here's the deal. I won't apologize because it's true. Uh, so where the spirit of the Lord is, there is the freedom. So if there's, there's, there's freedom where the spirit of the Lord is, there must be bondage where the Antichrist is. Just say, oh, me. And so anytime we're off into the sin and off into the world rich and doing all the things we want to do, and we need to be famous. That's rich. You want to be famous and powerful and rich. And if God's not in that, that means you're bound by an antichrist spirit. Wow. I'm going to read it one more time before we pray and then we move on. And, I, and this message is titled Freedom for All. So this message just isn't just for you and for me. It's for everybody. And we're to be the ambassadors of this book and then take it. And not, not so much, Leanne, just talk about it, but actually live it out in front of people. Amen? And, and, and so I, I quoted a, let's see if I get it right. Dale Moody would do it way better than me. Um, one out of 100 men read the Bible. 99 men read the man. One out of 100 men read the Bible. The other 99 read the man. So that means in, in, in an unpopular world, I'll read the Bible, I'll, I'll, I'll soak in the Bible, I'll preach the word, and then everyone else is watching me, right. just like they're watching you. The scoffers and the haters and the people you work with, you read your Bible every day so people can read you. They go, why isn't he participating in these bad jokes? Why isn't he talking about everybody? Why is he always an optimist and not a pessimist? Why is he always rooting on the underdog? Why is he always praying for us? Why is he always toting his Bible, chasing the devil, waving the flag? It's because he's born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hey, hey. Look at your neighbor and say, someone's reading you, Jack. All them little people out there need somebody to follow. Our youth are getting ready to embark on a youth trip here Sunday. And I'm glad for Mark and Felicia and Havy and all them people. They're, watch this, they're sacrificing their jobs and and their time off so they can go to. So, they're doing that so they can teach your kids the difference between right and wrong. So they can teach them about the spirit of God and staying away from the spirit of an antichrist. And it'll be an electronic free weekend. Can you imagine when them kids get, where's that? Mom, where's it at? You can't be free when you're bound to an electronic gadget. I'm going to pray and we'll come back to that. So you're almost getting it. Lord, help us 
to help others. Just like Moody said. Just like Moody said, Lord God, we read the Bible so 99 other people can read us. And I pray that we exemplify it in behavior. I pray that we exemplify it in our speech uh, and the way we run our home life. And Lord God, I pray today that all the free people uh, would give because they want to give and it would be blessed. And uh, we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And this church said amen. So applaud the Lord. We'll let the basket come by. Miss Rubel, do we got a video? We got a quick video for you. It's only about two minutes long. God bless you and shalom, beloved ones. This is Rabbi Schneider. Welcome today to this weekly devotional that I call Seeds of Revelation. Share this with a friend, especially share this one with believers. Listen, I'm reading today from the book of Colossians, chapter 4, verse number 6. Hear the word of God. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. I love the emphasis here that Paul gives us to be very careful about our speech. You know, the Bible says that our tongue is like the rudder of this huge ship. You know, you have this huge ship, and in the very back of the ship, you know, is this small little rudder, this little thing that steers the huge ship. And whatever direction the rudder turns determines the way the ship's going to go. And the scripture tells us that's how our tongue is. It's like a rudder. You know, our body's so big, but it's the little tongue in our mouth that literally determines, beloved one, the course of our life. One of the greatest things that you can do to move into greater power in your life and move into a place where you're abiding in Jesus in a deeper way is to control your mouth. Here's a couple things to keep in mind. Number one. The Bible says, let no unwholesome thing proceed from your mouth. I really want to encourage you, avoid saying things that are negative about people, about circumstances. It doesn't mean that we can avoid always thinking negative things. I mean, sometimes we have negative things about, about a person or we have something negative uh, that we would like to say about a circumstances. But you know what? I found that nine times out of 10, it's unprofitable to say the, that negative thing. The best thing to do is if we don't have anything good to say, just keep our mouth shut. I remember years ago, um, I was doing, it was, this was back in the 1980s, I was pastoring a church. And the last Sunday of every month, they had this uh, talent show. You know, anybody in the church could get up and sing a song or, 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 or play an instrument. And it was such a beautiful night. The fellowship was so sacred. And I remember driving home from, from that night, just basking in the presence of the Lord. And then I spoke a negative word about one of the people that did something. And as soon as I spoke that negative word, the peace that I was feeling, that sense of God's presence, completely left me. And that's what speaking negatively will do. So guard your tongue, because from it flow the issues of life. Let your words, beloved, be seasoned with salt to encourage and to build people up. I love you, beloved ones. If you'll focus on that one thing, I'm telling you, it'll truly empower you in a remarkable way. Share this with a friend and tune in next week. Amen. Hey, rise with me and let's get that out of our way. I just close your eyes and stretch your hands out. You know what it was. You know, you know what it looked like. You know where you heard it. You remember when you said it. 
Ask God right now where you're at. Just say, God, take it. Forgive me. Just forgive me of what I said. Forgive me how I acted or I turned my nose up. Own it. Deliver me from it. I don't want to be bound to it. I want to be set free from it. I don't want, God, I don't want anything to bind me. I want to be loosed so I can serve you. Anything that's been spoken over the lives of those who are gathered here today, God, I pray will be lifted. Anything we've said against someone, we want to ask for forgiveness. Lord, your church is, is an institution that you died for. You call it your bride. You love your church, and we love you. So forgive us uh, today for any ill word we spoke. In thy name of Jesus, amen. amen. Would you applaud the Lord while you're seated? Um, hey, don't forget about the second annual Bevo ride. Uh, it's going to be starting at Mid Rivers Mall at 9 a.m. Um, bum, 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 bum. I'm trying to think. I don't have a date on here. Next Saturday. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we'll end up at the Quail Ridge Pavilion like last year, 12:30 for food and drinks and hot dogs and all that stuff. Street tacos. Uh, super, super cool. Um, and honor my buddy Pastor Bevo. We all miss him. Uh, that was so cool last year uh, to get out there. Everybody did such a great job. You guys all love Bevo, and we do too. Um, praise God. I know something Bevo would want you to do would be draw closer to the Lord. Amen. I mean, that's pretty easy. He just, and you know something, I guess maybe Bevo was maybe one of the best at not speaking an ill word over anybody. Amen. I mean, he was, he was. I just love that guy. I mean, he, and he would correct people if you started going off. I mean, you guys don't go off on people, but other people go to other churches did. And Bebo would always walk you back. He's like, man, you know, hey, he would always say, hey, brother, you know. Um, so anyways, praise God. First John chapter four, verses one through six. So, uh, so the whole message is about you not being bound to what you have said. And you, if you want to know about your tongue more and more about it, go to James. It's just, a, I think James is the most practical book in the New Testament. And I'm careful how I say that, uh, but it's very practical. And it's got a lot of great stuff in it. So uh, it's, it's a short read that is, is, is seriously impactful. 1 John 4, 1 through 6, I'm going to read it. We'll go back and chop it up. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you'll know the spirit of God, and every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come from the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who dwells in you is greater than he who is in the world. And if you don't underline anything in your Bible, underline that today. Just do that. Or do it on your phone, please. They're from the world, and they, for they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So this is the word of the Lord. Amen. Um, 
Beloved, he tells us to test the spirit. How do we, how do we test the spirit? We hold everything against the word of God to find out if it's true or it's false. This is, this is the, um, in Amos, they call the word of God the plumb line. And I think it's in chapter 7. So the plumb line, if, if you've ever done construction, a plumb line is something that hangs straight and true. Say that with me, straight and true. As a matter of fact, I think I did that. I did a message here and I dropped a, a plumb line off a ladder. Everything, everything in the world will be tested against the word of God and tested against the cross at Calvary. And, and you'll find out whether it hangs true or not, or if it's obtuse and, and is out of line or it's crooked. Uh, and that's where we get the word wicked or witchcraft from, or witches. In 2023, I know they've, they've cutified it. Is that a word, cutified? Write that down. That's, <laughs> they don't know how else to describe it. But they try to make, Rich, they try to make witchcraft um, they try to make it cutesy. There's, listen to me. There's nothing cute about Harry Potter. Oh, I knew I wouldn't get an amen. Well, I'm going to keep preaching anyways, but listen to me. There's nothing, there's nothing cute about witchcraft. That's where we get, I told you, that means twisted. Wicca or witchcraft means twisted. And you say when it's twisted, it's twisted against the truth. So you can't be a partaker in any type of wicked or, or witchcraft or anything like that. We have to watch this, Troy. I have to test that and find out if it, if it stands or holds water against the word of God. Test the spirits and see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets would tell you that some of the stuff that's on Disney is okay for families, but we know it's gift wrapped by the devil for human consumption. I'm going to preach anyways, whether I get an amen or not, because I'm preaching the truth. See, the, the Bible is seriously mm, hostile to the world. The world can't stand the Bible. Here we're here. I know what we need to do. Get the Bible out of the schools. Get, get it out of the halls of Congress. Get it out of local government. Get it off our police cars. Let's get rid. They want to get rid of, get rid of, get, get rid of. And every time you get rid of God, the Antichrist moves in. I need the church to talk back to me on that. Anytime you remove God, the Antichrist moves in. And this is where the standard has to stay high is at his church in this pulpit. I had somebody come to me and right before my deacons meeting, and he came to me and he said, hey, pastor, you know that such and such denomination has gone completely woke? I said, I know that. It's been happening for years. They're falling hook, line, and sinker to try to please people. See, the church isn't a people-pleasing place. It's a God-pleasing place, and that's where people gather. Don't get, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. 
The word of God, it, it got on my shoes before I brought it to you. Amen? Amen. By, uh, verse 2, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of, say this one, this is the spirit of what? No, say it like you mean it. This is the spirit of the... You see, Antichrist, Antichrist. That means a Antichrist. He can't stand God. And you know what? The devil can't stand you. And he can't stand your children. And in the end, the devil turns on his own followers when hell gets thrown into the lake of fire. Oh, this is the quietest service I've done all weekend. The more truth I preach, the less amens I get. Amen just it means you agree with what I'm saying out of the Bible. It, here's the deal. Everybody ends up believing in the Bible one day. You just need to believe on it this side of eternity because on the other side of eternity, it's too late. But you'll still, conf- you'll still confess it. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I'm just getting you ready. And remember, the death rate's still 100%. Everybody's going to die. Amen? Oh, it's getting good now. (laughs) Let's move on. Go to verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is greater, uh, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So if the spirit of the living God is inside me and he's inside of you, why are we so worried about the world? Why so worried about what the world says? Why so worried about if the so, such and such culture is going to come against you? Who cares? Your job is to please God and not please people. You remember, you're going to offend somebody when you get out of bed. Just make sure it ain't God. It's, all, it's, 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 it's like God is almost anti-world if you look at it that way, isn't he? They, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and by the spirit of error. Remember that before you was born again. Somebody was telling you about the Lord, and you're just like, well, I don't know if I believe that. And I've told you before, you still believe in electricity, and you can't, you can't see it. You still believe in air, and you breathe it. That's where faith comes in. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. You can't see faith, but it can well up inside you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You go, I know it's got to exist. I know God has got to exist. I know he died on the cross for my sin because my heart has been changed, and my stinking thinking has been changed by my heart. And I'm a new creature in Christ, and my family lives different. You can tell that just by looking at somebody if they're born again. You must be born again. Tell your neighbor it looks good on you. It's like a well-worn jean jacket. Oh, don't touch the jean jacket. Ladies, you know that mess that guy wears. I told you about my dad's shirts. I made fun of him at the funeral. My dad always bought his clothes at the thrift store. And it's not because he was poor, but because he was thrifty. Holes in the arms. I'm like, Dad, you look like a homeless person. 
Amen? It's the way some people are, isn't it? 12, 22 in Matthew. So we're going to get into your confession. We're going to get into your confession. And this is talking about Jesus casting out a devil on the Sabbath. It says, then a demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him and he was, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. So right there on the spot, Jesus fixed this man. And all the people were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard, so here's the religious people, because they don't like anybody. Don't do it on the Sabbath. Don't do it on the Sabbath. Don't, do it on, don't, don't heal anybody on the Sabbath. Don't do anything on the Sabbath. Don't get out of your chair on the Sabbath. Oh, I'm not working today because it's a Sabbath. Do you ever know a Christian that had a rotating Sabbath? I mean, not you guys, but people. We rotated to fix it. We, we, we've taken God's Sabbath, Ritz, to fit our day. Sometimes it's Friday's my Sabbath. Sometimes it's Saturday's my Sabbath. And sometimes it's Sunday, as long as NASCAR's not on. Oh, yeah. I'll be there, but I'm going to the game first. Amen. Um, so these guys are the same. They don't want, oh, we don't want anybody healed on the Sabbath because you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Let's see what he says about it. Verse 23, and all the people were amazed and said, can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, it is only by Beelzebub that the prince of demons that this man cast out demons. Now, I'd be very careful about what you say about God. And, you, and using demons right after that. You're, you're, I, we're, going, we're, we're borderline in blasphemy. And at the end, you'll, you'll, you'll hear the definition of blaspheming. And blaspheming is the only sin that God won't forgive. And I believe as a Christian, you can't blaspheme God being full of the Holy Ghost. But send me an email on that. Verse 25, you're going to get into this. Let's see what the Spirit says. It says, knowing their thought, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. That's why the kingdom of God has to stay together and has to stay on the team. Remember me showing you that video? The circle won't be unbroken. The team has got to stay together. You can't allow somebody to come in and break up the team. Come on, moms and dads. You can't allow somebody to come in and bust up the family. Wag your finger up and say, that's my family. That's my family. You ain't busting up my family. You may live like this, that, or whatever, but you're not busting up my family. It's my job not to let somebody bust up the church. Because the enemy wants to bust up the church bad. And it don't take much to bust up a church. Just some, somebody that's just got a bad attitude or, or has got the spirit of uh, division on them, they'll come in. And, and what they do is they, they just come in at, well, I can't believe it. Scheffler continues to sit there in the second row like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, something, something, I mean, and you know the parking spots. 
You ought to go to confessional for that. Oh, yeah. I beat you to the coffee line. I can't. I don't even like the taste of this coffee. Amen? Amen. Anything. The devil's looking for anybody that will say anything against the church so they can latch on it. And then they start to agree. Yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, Scheffler always sits there, and he, and he just sits there and says amen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, it's probably not even genuine. <laughs> I mean, do you ever hear some of this stuff? Be, I mean, they don't say it at this church, but they do other churches. <laughs> and now, how about this? And I'll get off of this because this is like when he does an altar call, I doubt that some of them even get saved. What does it matter to you if somebody got saved or not? Well, are, you the, uh, are you the saved police? <laughs> Tell your neighbor to stick a sock in it real quick. <laughs> hey, if the preaching's that good, you can get born again twice if you want to. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Two golf claps. Guys, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Your job is to come here, be an ambassador for Christ, and if your neighbor is, we're going to end up having a church. Amen. But don't let, don't, let the, don't let somebody try to get something ill out of, your, out of your life or out of your mouth. This confession is strong. The tongue is strong. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How can the... Uh, then will his kingdom stand. So what binds people is sin. What loosens them is the cross of Christ. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do you cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And let's be honest. You remember when God delivered you from the situation you was in. Just say, oh me. Oh, me, I'm, I'm talking, oh, me. Oh, me. Amen. I'm just glad there's a church that's ready to accept everybody just the way they are. Yeah, oh, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have, oh, for a Gary, you don't have to clean up to come here. You don't have to clean up to come here. You just come however you can get here. Amen. Amen. Here's all I'm saying because I'm, I'm saying it, maybe not for you, but for your kids. Just get them here. Let the word of God get on them and something supernatural might happen. You have to trust. You got to trust something's going to happen when you come into the house of God. This is his bride. Amen? God thinks highly of his bride. Amen. Give me just a second and we'll take it home. And I'm going to focus on this verse 30. Go with me into verse 30 and put your finger on it in the Bible. Get it on your phone. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me, what? He's scattered. Oh. Whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want anybody scattered. We don't want anybody to get rise up with me, and we will take this home right now. 
We don't want anybody, J.D., we don't want anybody scattered. God said he would leave the 99 rich to go out and get the one. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking, he'll go way out there. And you can start, Krista, if you're playing. Where did he find you? It wasn't in choir practice. Don't you remember where he found you at, J.D.? So, I mean, he, watch this, he left the church so he could go find that one that's way out there and you've been praying for that person forever. It's your child or your husband or your wife or your aunt or your uncle, whoever. It was that person at work. All that person at work. If they were just as holy as we were, we would have it. You work with them. I'm going to move down to 35. 36. I tell you on that day of judgment, people will have to give an, every, an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you are justified and by your words you're condemned. Hello. Don't get in front of the mirror in the morning and start running yourself down and think it's pious. Some of you guys get in front of me, oh, I, wish, oh, I, wish I, I tell you this all the time, well, I wish I was like this, I wish I was like that. Why do you want to be like somebody else? Why do you want to be like a movie star? Do you want the same woes that these movie stars have? Oh, if I, Lepke, if I would, oh, oh, if I, if I would just, oh, the devil loves it, and every time you say that, he moves in a little closer. He's going, I'm going to get him to say it again. And then you'll start saying it about your children. You'll start saying it about your spouse. You'll start saying it about your church. Who says that about themselves? I didn't tell you guys this, but I'm created in the image of God, and so are you. God, God, God didn't make no junk. God didn't make a mistake. You ain't a mistake. He didn't, he didn't screw up. That's what the world's wanting you to think right now. I won't go into that right now. That's a whole other sermon. What you need to do is draw closer to the Lord and away from the world. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you a question while your eyes are closed so you can just, just hear my voice and I believe God's going to just shoot this right out to you. Let me float this out to you. You spoke a word today or whatever it is this week or whatever, last couple of days. Or someone spoke one over you that you wish you could take back. And if you just nodded your head, I want you just to come down here. Don't even raise your hand. Just come down here. One, two, three, away from your chair. Come on. There you go. I see you. Don't, don't. Just tell your neighbor to get out of your way. Get out of the way. I got to get down here. You, that's that church here. 
It could be some, and that's the way everything, it starts small, Jerry. It just starts, oh, oh, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Him and Cindy are out there doing the Saturate USA. What the heck? Nobody will probably even come if they put a thing on my door. Well, they won't come if you got an attitude like that. Who wants to come to a church where somebody's got a sourpuss on their face? I won't go to a church where everybody's high-fiving and, and, and smiling. I had a guy call me on the phone, a preacher. And he came to my dad's funeral. He said, I got to tell you something. He said, I've never seen a culture like your guys that have Bible travel. He goes, you're the kind. He said, that's the kindest church I've ever been to. He said, I think they're crazy. I said, they are. They're crazy. They'll meet you in the parking lot or wherever. We got some of them that eat ice cream even. You imagine that where they get so, they get addicted to ice cream. They, uh, get rid of the addiction of a quart of whiskey and a case of beer to ice cream. Amen. I wish I knew who I was talking to today. Oh, did you hear what I said, church? I'll trade that in any time. Instead of a packaged liquor store, it's drive-through custard. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you anyways, whether you like it or not. I'm so happy to be here today. I just can't even tell you. Hallelujah. Becca, will you pray for this sister right here? Some of these people here got heavy stuff on their hearts today. Did you know that? The church is a hospital. It's a, it's a hospital for those who are. Somebody needs calling in the name of Jesus today. Can you feel him? I mean, he's here right now. Lord, I just want to pray today. The devil tried his best to keep all these people away from this church, and it didn't work again. God, he must be a loser. The devil must be a crafty loser. Because every time I call on your name, you come. You bring me comfort. God's asking for all of your lives today. He wants you to come to him right where you're at. He just wants all of you right where you're at. And if that's you, I just want you to stay wherever you're at and just say, I would like to give my life to Jesus today. And just so I know who it is, I'm going to pray for him. I'm not even going to ask you to come down here. Pastor Mark, I'm just going to ask him, just, just barely raise two hands right where you're at so I know who I'm praying for. Just right where you're at. I'm not even going to ask you to come down. Just, just right where you're at. Lord, I want to pray for that person right there that needs Jesus. I see his hands raised. Lord God, and he walked out as a, as a lost soul, but leaving here born again. Oh, Lord Jesus. And for all those who need to repent or need a fresh word spoken over their life, here it is. Jesus loves you. And I love you. 
Have a great day in the Lord. Give the glory to the Lord. Hallelujah.